This week on Androids and Aliens. Good morning, Glimplor! <laughs> Today on the program, the Drift Rock 4! The team embraces their celebrity. I'm talking in terms of the interview itself. Is there anything off limits you don't want me to talk about? I don't think that there's anything left off limits. You've exposed our entire lives. But who controls the narrative? And the raw footage you received, did it have uh, me shooting Clara 247? Of course! Okay. Hell of a shot. <laughs> Thank you very much. You really killed her. <laughs> oh, God. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> With precious little time to uncover the truth. But let's give it up for the man you came to see. Here's Glip Glip. Is their 15 minutes of fame coming to an end? Now, Dax, you've become quite a teen heartthrob. Just look at this, the cover of this week's Mechanical Tiger Beat. <laughs> what is it like being a sex symbol? I'm sure all the ladies want to know, is everything synthetic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the adventure continues. Do with this what you will, but it would be best for all of us if it made it on air. No. I don't have to tell you guys, most of you sitting at this table, that there's a lot that goes into being a GM. There's a lot that goes into being a game master. <laughs> <laughs> you really emphasize master there. The uh, reason he has that to tell us is because he complains about it every goddamn yep, day. We are well aware <laughs> of all of it, Troy. The work, the tireless hours. <laughs> but no, there's a lot that goes into it. You've got to prepare the session. You've got to read the whole thing, but also prepare for what you think they're going to do and then be ready for what you don't know they're going to do. you got to read stats. you got to learn spells and monsters. you got to try and learn every character at the table so that you can best combat them, all while trying to tell a good story. Another thing you have to do from time to time is say yes when one of the PCs comes up with an idea. And then later you realize the amount of work you're going to have to do <laughs> for that yes. Welcome to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the player is Matthew here. Yes, is the player right? would be Matthew. The player in question. How many times have you cursed his name over the last several hours? Oh, oh, I, I, well, with a baby screaming in my ear. <laughs> I said, damn, come to casa. But I, I gave you a welcome respite. Something else to think about while that baby screamed in your ear and you tried to save its life. That's true. That's true. That's true. Wait, um, what was happening with the baby? Yeah, it, sometimes they just scream, Matthew. They wasn't dying. Your so, baby almost died? <laughs> it's, it's my experience with babies that they find in creative ways to try and kill themselves. And you just have to stop it. You need more experience with babies. <laughs> it's my experience that every time a baby is crying, it's dying. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you live life so scared. <laughs> what a what a terrifying ordeal and an and intercontinental flight must be for you. <laughs> the baby's whenever... dead surrounded by dying infants. <laughs> Land the plane. Is there, landing. Is there a doctor on the plane on board? Water landing. Water landing. Throw it off. It must be violently ill. <laughs> I guess if I save its life, I meant just prevent it from dying. Right. Uh, Oh, right. Now I see. Sometimes they cry because you looked at them for too long. Well, that's and very you dangerous. overwhelmed them. <laughs> uh, but on to this 
this situation. Now, I'm sure when you brought it up, you had a plan in mind. And, and so I'm interested to see how that's going to come out because I feel fairly confident of all the people playing Dead Sons no one has done this <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we bring to the table, Charlie. Which, which means that it's most likely not plot relevant. <laughs> well, that's a in thing. any way. Well, that's the thing. I'm hoping by the end of this, you know, uh, uh, if we succeeded, it will somehow be like. Well, we, you know what? I think we, I think we moved the story along there. <laughs> if, we, if we could achieve that. If in the last 30 minutes we can move the story a, a little bit. A little bit. Then we've this, done our job. In this next hour. Listen, we get a lot of shit for just shooting the shit on our podcasts. But I think we can make the shooting the shit the plot. Wow. We, we make it the podcast. Everyone wins. Is this going to be the Seinfeld of tabletop role-playing games? <laughs> the the, the t- TTRPG about nothing? <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> well, obviously something happened. No, 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 nothing, nothing happened. For six straight episodes, they just did a personal appearances. <laughs> various media we, we outlets. Did, we did a junket. A junket after junket. junket. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man! When we finished last week's episode, you were rolling up in a car to the stage door. <laughs> Of Good Morning Clip Corp. <laughs> uh, what is it, like 5.30 a.m.? It's like? early, yeah. I mean, you got to get into makeup and whatnot. So you pull up to the stage door. Uh, there are no, uh, there's some fans waiting outside. You know, they want to get choice seats. Wow. It's, it's a morning show. Freaks. Uh, yep, they got their signs. But Dead you're, life. You're, <laughs> you're, you see, like, big heads of uh, Dr. Frisk <laughs> and Mishan. Uh And uh, you're, you, you go around to the back to the stage door. There's some alleyways and whatnot. Not, and you're ushered backstage uh, into a green room. It's refreshments, really, really nice stuff. Uh, and then eventually they call you in to makeup. Uh, after a few moments, uh, I imagine uh, Roger Glipclore peeks his head in and uh, he has his trademark beige suit on <laughs> and like one of those makeup bibs around his neck. <laughs> and mind you, if you're just listening for the first time, he is a green alien with two stalks that have eyes on the end of it. Uh, I always kind of imagined him like, like Kermit the Frog when Kermit the Frog was a reporter. Yeah. 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 With the trend. Code the and the, the hat. But now he just has the beige suit, makeup bibs. Various assistants are like fussing with him, uh, like lint rollers on his. <laughs> Roger D. Glipboard here. Hi ho, this is Roger Glipboard. Why are uh, there so many? He's just, he, he just kind of peeks his head in. There's like someone with like three cell phones uh, next to him. And it's like, uh, uh, gee, I really want to thank you guys for coming on to the show. It's not every day we have true heroes on the program. Anything off of limits you'd like for me to avoid out there i just want to know where the craft services is if that's okay was your green no- room not fully stocked there were there was a lack of sandwiches i have to observe uh, well we'll make sure we get on that right away but i'm talking in terms of the interview itself is there anything off limits you don't want me to talk about i don't think that there's anything left off limits you've exposed our entire lives all right great <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let's have some fun out there. You guys have a great show, and if you need anything, ask literally anyone but me. About those sandwiches. Yes, uh, the, can you get these, these guys some sandwiches? Thanks. All right, we'll see you out there. Uh, and he leaves. <laughs> PG is so reveal, relieved that she's not going to be part of the show. Right, you can just watch from like exactly. behind the camera. Oh, you're not, you're not going to be on stage at all? Mm, well, no, she's going to be behind the camera because she wants to see this shit show. You're a <laughs> camera operator? <laughs> yeah, I get, well, She's working the boom. She's holding the cue cards. So she's, yeah. she's standing in the VIP spot. So wow. Yeah, exactly. Like okay. the, mo- the stage mom. You know? There you oh, go. Got it. Got okay. it. Um, Someone comes up to her. They're like, and this monitor is what's live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the studio audience. Out hey, here, put on these monitor headphones. Yeah. You can hear Roger warming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's Roger's warm up like? Yeah. Yeah. Me, 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 me. <laughs> There's like a warm up comic that comes and gets the studio audience ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I think she is very, I mean, this is like very intriguing to her. I think she thinks you guys are insane. But also, you know, like it's like you can't not watch. You know? Sure. And a hundred years ago, if this was uh, another game, it would be like, oh, wow, they, they probably didn't have TV shows. Then. <laughs> exactly. But of course they had TV shows. Maybe yeah. Glipglorp wasn't, uh, wasn't the toast of the town at the time. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to be backstage. So, so if there's like a, a, like a handler or something that's like leading us around or telling, giving us instructions, right. Max is going to be like, would it be possible to speak with a producer? Um, uh, sure, we could uh, we could get someone. I mean, you're going to be on in 15 minutes. Do you want to speak to them right now? I can uh, I can pull someone over. If is everything all right? If it's not too much trouble, uh, yes, uh, everything uh, is fine. Abs- uh, sure, no problem. And then it comes off, and then a producer comes over. Uh, what, what do you need? Uh, we, we get we put sandwiches in your green room. <laughs> I had a quick question about the video footage that was played behind mm-hmm. Roger Glipglort's broadcast. Uh, yes. Uh, what, do what you recall it? from where you received this footage, and did you do any editing of it yourself? Uh, no, no. I mean, we we edited the highlight package, but. We just took the, the raw footage that was given to us and, uh, and made a kind of a sizzle reel of it. And the raw footage you received, did it have uh, me shooting Clara 247? Of course. Okay. Hell of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You really killed her. <laughs> Oh, I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so wonderful to have a hero here on this show. Well, I appreciate you having us and giving us a chance to speak to everyone on this station. Yes, yes. Well, uh, well. Good luck out there. Don't get nervous. Don't look at the camera. And if you if you if you're if you're in a bind, just imagine all the audience naked. That's terrifying. Oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> good, good luck out there. <laughs> now, as we were warming up, I was I heard that you uh, you found some music that's going to be uh, the opening to Roger's show. Yeah, Grant found some music. So I imagine you guys are like being ushered to the side of the stage and they're like, all right, so Roger's going to like, he's going to come out the, and he's, he's going to do a little monologue. This is so great. And, uh, you know, when they, when they call you uh, after the first bit, you come out and, uh, and you know, just, just be yourselves. He's going to ask you some questions, a lot of softballs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Smile a lot. You know, you guys are heroes. Act like it. All right. And oh, we're starting to go. Everybody plays this. Places, everyone! Everyone places! Are we mic'd? See, do, uh, they, do they, like, no, wire us up? You have, yeah, you've been wired up, but your mics aren't on yet. Okay. Uh, or, like, turned on. Uh, now, let me hear this, this music you have for Good Morning Clip for. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear the crowd. Yeah, it's like, yeah. There's a producer, like, telling them to applaud more. I imagine there's, like, a montage of Roger interviewing Squid Person. <laughs> Doing like a pie eating contest in zero gravity. 
<laughs> playing basketball with a foreign dignitary who's just a ball of light with a crown. Hell <laughs> And then the lights come up and you just hear like a god might be like, good morning, Glibcore. Today on the program, the Drift Rock 4. From the upcoming holofilm Sex Androids of Rigel 7, Marissa 9345-2. Joan Embry stops by with some animals from the San Diego Zoo. And musical guest Keith Richards. But let's give it up for the man you came to see here's Glipglorp. Rolls out looking like a million bucks. The audience goes nuts. They go nuts. The studio audience, by the way, I imagine is composed of every alien race from Alien Archive One and Two. Yes, yes. You see, like a Garga Call in a uh, I Love Absalom Station T-shirt, <laughs> just cheering on break, wanted to take in the show. The Vescarium is for lovers. <laughs> and uh, and Roger just takes center stage. He's waving at the crowd, pointing. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Please sit down, please. Sit. Stop. No, you stop. <laughs> no, thank you. Ooh, we got a hot crowd today. <laughs> this is great. We have got one heck of a show for you today. But first, let's check out some headlines. Uh, according to a new report, health insurance premiums are at an all-time high here on Absalom Station. <laughs> It's true. Did you hear about this? <laughs> I never thought I'd live to see the day where I'd have to choose between a colonoscopy or a new drift engine. Producer's <laughs> 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 like, oh my! Wait, did you see this? By the way, did you see? Did you catch this? <laughs> Evid <laughs> Evidently, actor Burt Johnson was seen canoodling with Princess Sherry, the 23rd of Akiton, recently. Did you see this? Yeah. What's next? Supreme Chancellor Zanzibar 1X17 is going to start dating Nocturnus, Eater of Worlds? <laughs> <laughs> the audience thinks this is hilarious. Uh, None of you get the very... They, they get it. They get it. PG is just completely, completely confused by all this. Just look here. I was like, what the fuck is so funny? I don't understand these pop culture jokes. <laughs> the crowd is just losing it. She's like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we want to wish a happy 700th birthday to Mildred Albuquerque, the creator of the UPB. When asked, <laughs> when, when, when asked what the one <laughs> can't do it, <laughs> so dumb. On, when asked what the one gift she'd like to have to celebrate such a special birthday, she said, "All of her memories before the gap." <laughs> That would be great if I could have my memories back before the gap. All right, take us out. And this weird little band plays some music as he sits down. Oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, so he sits down behind his little desk. There's two couches out. You know they're for you. My next guest need no introduction. You can't turn on a Hollis screen anywhere without seeing their faces. Here, let's check out some footage. And it cuts to more of this footage from your experience on the Drift Rock, like you're <laughs> plugging a movie trailer. They show all this stuff. <laughs> it's his courtesy of Astral Extraction. <laughs> 
heart-wrenching stuff. Heart-wrenching stuff. Please, give it up for my first guest, the Dread Rock 4! Studio man. <laughs> I imagine like a... Uh, uh, Paul Schaefer type guys like, will you still need me? Will you still feed me? It's the Drift Rock Four. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Wow. Your arms must be tired. You guys have been busy. Now, Dax, you've become quite a teen heartthrob on the scene. All the girls start going wild in the crowd. Just look at this, the cover of this week's Mechanical Tiger Beat. <laughs> and it just cuts a, pitch, cuts a picture like Dax in a Speedo coming out of the ocean. <laughs> what is it like being a sex symbol? I was not aware that picture was taken. I thought I was alone. <laughs> <laughs> those muscles, are those synthetic? They are not synthetic. Well, yes, they are, technically speaking. But I work very hard to keep them in shape. I'm sure all the ladies want to know, is everything synthetic? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Kundaru Friss, I'm hearing some rumors that you're getting your own show. We would love to have you right here on our network. Kind of like a a futuristic Dr. Oz show where you can share some weight loss secrets. Who would want to see that? Hi, everybody. What do you think, Dr. Fritz? You want to have your own show? Well, being that you people have ruined my life uh, to the point where I can't go outside anymore. Uh, I've been on the run from a murderous mobster who wants me dead and now knows exactly where I am. I might as well. That's fantastic! <laughs> Cricket that is the kind of, <laughs> that would, that, See, this is the kind of stuff we need to see on TV these days. Next up, oh, Misha and Vanya. Wow, am I right, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Let me ask, are you at all bummed that Technomancers don't cast a lot of self-healing spells? <laughs> Questions mainly for Grant. <laughs> no, but seriously, I hear that next stop on your publicity tour is Castrovel. Are you excited to return home a hero? As much as I hate to leave our fans, the Drift Rockers, I see you out there. <laughs> Behind. Um, yes. Father, I, I'm ready to see you again. She just stares into the camera. Producer's like, don't look at the camera. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Mr. Glipcorp, uh, you, were, you were fawning over my appearance and asking about my return home. Yes. Oh. Yes, I'm very excited. Well, this home. is great. We can't wait to hear all about it. We gotta get some cameras out there. I want to see these guys in Castroville. Am I right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets really serious and he looks at Kreska and Kreska, or should I say, Captain K? What a journey. <laughs> we all sat here and watched you almost succumb to void death. Just awful. Just terrible. Let me ask you. He like needles his fingers. What was it like? (laughs) Well, Roger. Hmm. May I call you Roger? Please. (laughs) Well, Roger. (laughs) Let me tell you. Can I tell you a secret? I would love it if you did. You guys want to hear a secret? Yeah. Hey! Uh, want to hear it? Yes, tell tell us a secret. When you listen deeply and stretch your mind out into the void, into the gap, the universe begins to sing to you. Hmm. And you know what it says? Tell us. I don't know quite what it means. But I know it means that all of what we do is completely futile. 
And that there is no meaning save what we create for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> he just reaches out and like puts his hand on your hand. It's like, well, I just want you to know. We were all praying for you out there, and I'm glad you came home safe. There is no God. <laughs> <laughs> all right! It's just like, bam, bam. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I heard there's a new member of the crew here today. Is this uh, true? Uh, I see her back there. What's her name again? Piggy? Uh, is it Piggy? It's PG. P- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading off the teleprompter here. Uh, PG, get out of here, PG. Get out of here. PG is currently eating a sandwich. <laughs> you got the sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. That's took a whole tray. Yeah. And I think, you know, a very tall person, I can't really relate to this, but a very tall person trying to minimize their, like, their surface area as much as possible. That's her right now, just trying to be as small as possible. So trying to, like, slink behind the Awkwardly yeah. walks on stage, yeah. and, and Roger motions for you guys to slide down on the couch. I think, actually, Friss, like, goes out and grabs her. It's just like, you're not getting away with this. Like, if we're doing this, we all do it. So he grabs her by the wrist. It's like pulling her out, like, onto the stage. PG, welcome. I gotta ask, is it true that you were asleep for 100 years? Oh, God. God damn. <laughs> well, the, re- beep, beep. the reason I <laughs> the reason I ask is I'm wondering if you can share the secret with my wife because I could use a break. Am I right? No, no, I'm just kidding. We're having fun. We're happily married. Uh, do you do you do you want your uh, wife murdered? Uh, no, no, it's a it's a joke. I can I can provide that service. No, no, that would be uh, that would be crazy. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> he, he's going through his, his cards real quick. Yeah. He's sliding her a note. He's like, "Call uh, me after the show." Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 what do you miss most about a century ago? Oh, um, oh, um, well, um, in Maratha, my home planet, there's uh, there's this uh, lush jungle where you can really philosophize about life, death. And the endless universe. And that's that's what I want to go back to. Well, that just sounds beautiful. I think we'd all like to go back there. Am I right, everyone? Woo. Yeah, well, this has been great. You guys have been a wonderful guest, and we wish you the best of luck on Castrovel. Uh Any, any parting words? Uh, yes, please, Captain K. I believe we should take this opportunity to set the record straight oh, on a number right. of matters. Sure, please. We've got uh, about 30 seconds. Go ahead. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) You all think we're heroes. You all think we do this for the the noble gesture. We did no such thing. We were just doing a job for a fee, for money, for for the discovery. And you all lionize us. But really, we feel taken advantage of. I mean, Kreska looks to Dr. Friss. Yeah, Friss is like nodding. Some of us have sacrificed a great deal to be here. And while we appreciate the love, you don't understand what's happened. The producer's like, let's go, let's go, we gotta go to commercial, let's go. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. I have something that I'd like to say, and I think you owe me. 
Uh, please, please. Uh, we, got, we got a couple seconds, right? You yeah. people owe me. The sponsors. You also, as a man who had a te- televised, a rat man who had a televised attempt on his life recently, I think I, sh- I, should, I should be heard. Uh, please, 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 but make it quick. <laughs> so, the man who, the person who tried to kill me, his name is Hush. I don't know who he is. Nobody knows who he is, but everybody on Akiton knows his name, and for good reason. I don't know. I don't remember how he found me, but he did. His people found me. Whether I was taken or sold, he put me to work in one of his salvage dumps, picking over starship parts in wreckage, shaved to my skin to combat the lights, beaten, half-starved, row after row of children alongside me, all the same. But one day, I drew his attention, and like almost instinctively his hand like goes to his chest and like, clutches something like under his under his clothes i was told that he was impressed by my cleverness by my will ordered me cleaned up clothed bathed for the first time probably in my life sent me here to absalom to study he had big plans for me tuba and i got into university all the cosmopolitans the academics here they see how i look they hear how i talk they look down on me trencher trash akatonian scum i heard it all i argue with a professor once during the seminar he get angry he say in front of whole lecture hall you can take the rat from the trench but you never take the trench from the rat and everyone laughed but I worked hard, I studied hard, I earned my degrees, top of every class. I would show them and show my sponsor, make him proud of me, whoever he was. He set me up with a job, with a certain corporate interest. His plan for me was moving along just fine, but there were complications, I would admit. I was too inquisitive for my employer's tastes. They drummed me out, stripped me of my medical license. I scurried back to Akiton with my tail between my legs. But not a word from my benefactor. I set up shop back home. A little clinic in the seam treating gunshot wounds, gangsters, the poor. But I was getting by. And then one day he sent his man a familiar face to me. He told me the boss man is angry, wants compensation for all the time and money he invested in me. More than I would see in a lifetime working down there. So I run. I take the first job offer I can get. I come back to this station. Hope to keep a low profile. Then you, Bogun, broadcast my fucking face to the whole fucking solar system. Predictable as a sunrise, he come after me. You all see it. And thanks to you, I can't hide. So fuck it. And he turns right to the camera. Producer's starting to walk towards you. He says, here I am, Hush. You want, you talk about compensation. You talk about what I owe you. Let's talk about what you owe me. All the children like me for the lives you've stolen. All the little slaves picking through scrap in your workhouses, dying by the cartload. Let's talk about what you owe the wives and children of the people you've killed. Let's talk about what you owe everyone in the trench who suffer because of you, who tremble in fear at the sound of your name. You want to kill me. I know. You've tried. I know you will try again. Well, let me tell you something, Gimbo. You had better fucking kill me. Because if you don't, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to finding out who you are and where you live. And I will cut out your bleeding heart with my own hands. Are you scared right now? Because you should be. And do you know why? Because you know I am a fucking genius, Chuba. And he leans back. He says, my hand is off that piece. 
Don't move, hush. And he like rips off his mic and just like stalks off stage, like back and backstage. The producers are frantically running back and forth, motioning Roger. Oh, all right, well, that's all the time we have. For- Thanks again for coming. After the break, we'll we'll sit down with some fun animals from the San Diego Zoo. Uh, that's all-, all right, go to commercial. Fuck your panda. Fuck your panda. He's like yelling from the producers come on like before the camera cuts away. They're like, what the hell was that? What are you, what are you Get doing? Get this fucking co-op. Don't never be on way. TV again. And they're, they're ushering you off stage. They're de-miking you. Uh, and it's kind of becoming pandemonium and they're trying to keep a, a cool profile without upsetting the studio audience, but it's getting a little bit out of control. While this is happening, and they're ushering you out, and Friss is, like, causing a scene. Dax, roll a perception check. Six. <laughs> Six. So I'm imagining you get pushed off to the side as this is happening. So they're focusing on that and you just are you, are you Well, he's distracted because he had something he wanted to say. He wanted to he wanted to explain the situation. Right. He had this opportunity is now lost, you know? Mhm. So he's trying to re like is there somebody I could talk to? Is there is there some way I could get this message out there? So you're looking backstage and he's looking at maybe there's an android around that like works here or something, you know what I mean? Just trying to find some way to he has an idea, but he's thinking of an idea, an alternative. But he needs somebody who's going to, you know, not be so scared of the system to not broadcast his message. Right. Behind you, Muscle is coming on to try and escort <laughs> Meishan, uh P.G. Kreska. But yeah, he's kind of distracted and like walking off. As you're walking off, you see uh, a female off stage, And just as you catch her, she turns her face away and you just catch... Something very familiar about her out of the corner of your eye. Something about her seems so intensely familiar that your heart just drops and you're immediately transported back to that starship that you were piloting that was careening towards the ground. And a woman's face completely blurred out to you like that memory was extracted from your brain as she said, I love you. You you're come back and you see the stage door that you guys entered. Looks like it's closing, like she just walked out of it. Uh, he's going to run after it. Run after her. You go outside and you're back out in that alley that you came in on. And it's pouring out now. Huh. It's later in the morning, but it's dark because of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you look up ahead to the left, to the right, and you see the alley split. And you can see maybe 40, 50 feet away this woman walking and turning around the corner. He is so fast. Super fast android. 40 feet. In a heartbeat. You turn that corner, she should be within five feet. And she's gone. Nothing. There's a dead end maybe at the end. Maybe there's a door. All right, he keeps going. He's looking both ways, see if there's a, a, any other ways out of this alley that she could have turned looking, real quick. Yeah, you're looking like, is there a passageway? She could have went through a door. You go, and it just ends. Nothing. No door. No door. She should have been right there. Creepy. <laughs> just as you get to the end of the alley, you hear a crunch on the ground behind you. He whips around. About 30 feet or so away, you see a shape of a figure... And it's silhouetted against this thundering sky behind it. 
Looks like he is wearing a trench coat and has a wide-brimmed hat covering his eyes, but it's just a, a silhouette in the distance. You don't see any features. You don't know what kind of creature it is, but it has the appearance of a man. And a voice speaks to you. It would be in your best interest not to go to Castrobel. What? Your debt to the company may have been erased, but it's not forgotten. Don't push your luck, Distribution Android X-19. Who are you? Where is the woman? Who I am is not important. You're getting caught up in something that is far bigger than you. You have skill as a pilot. There are plenty of opportunities out there for able-bodied machines to haul cargo across the packed worlds. A thing like you, a tool, should just be happy to have some use in this world. It's never smart for an android to have... ambition. Well, this is something I have found to be false. And it was only recently that I discovered it. You all, whoever it is you work for, if you work directly for them, or for their subsidiaries, or their subsidiaries, convinced us we were only tools. I learned something different here. And I'm afraid you might be overstepping your bounds. You've been adventuring too long, Android. You have been warned. And he turns around and starts to walk away. I said, tell me your name. Starts walking towards him. He keeps walking and turns the corner that you just came around to see her. Runs after him. Turns the corner. Gone. God, these (laughs) bastards. I'm going to Castrovel. I will not be stayed again. I will not be quieted. I'm awake now. And I'm taking back what's mine. Calls to nowhere to the sky, basically. And then he's going to, if he can't find anything else, he's going to try to, to uh, duck back into um, this, this like little stage door. And he just wants to see if he can find somebody that would... You know what? Actually, what he does is he goes off by himself for a second. Right? Off camera. We don't see what happens. Right. Then he goes back in to the stage door, and he's got, like... Soaking wet. Soaking wet. And he goes into the stage door, and he's looking for someone, anyone that is maybe an android or could be sympathetic, right? Not like a higher-up that's going to be worried about the company, the, the, the station, but, uh, you know, somebody who is, uh, you know... Just taking advantage of and stuff like that all right. the time. You know, a low-level tech guy. Yeah, exactly. Like a low-level tech guy. And he's just going to walk up to him, soaking wet. And he's going to hand him a cred stick and, like, a little chip. And he's just going to be like, do with this what you will. But it would be best for all of us if it made it on air. And he just hands it to him. Oh, wow. This guy looks around to the left and the right. Takes the cred stick and the disc. Puts it in his pocket. All right. <laughs> Pimply face team. Somebody's nephew. <laughs> exactly. An internship. Uh, 
and then he's just going to leave. So you tell me if that, if it uh, you know if it airs if it makes it if on. it makes it off. Yeah. Um, so you come back and they're escorting. Uh, Frisk, are you still fired up? Yeah, yeah. I'm still fired up. Yeah, Kreska's grabbing. <laughs> and he's sandwiches. grabbing. Yeah, and he's also grabbing all the food that he can. Like he's so leaving. Kreska is, is like collecting sandwiches and stuff from crab, every craft yeah. service. Putting them in your have. pouch. Yeah. Your Give Bono, you try to shut me up now. No, no, get your hands off me. Crab, crab cakes, crab cakes, crab, crab cakes. cakes. Oh, get them. Shut up, you. <laughs> get out of my way. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. I don't want to see a peacock. I don't care. Get it out of my way. So hard, so Salami, salami. <laughs> yes. Uh, Skid, that was amazing. Yeah. And I did not know that backstory. Bottle cap. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Nice. I never knew your backstory. Yeah. That deep. Well, I was like, I, I wanted. It. It's the. We well, I didn't know about the cage, like grown in a cage thing. And I, Did you know that? Well, remember I told him I, when I, I shared with him the memory of, of being in the cell for 16 years. And, and all the and all the and like the horror and the existential dread and everything that happened yeah, yeah. and he and his response was oh uh, luxury luxury, luxury. Yeah. luxury luxury but that's the thing is like uh, uh, you you know we always talk about this like you have these backstories and they're they're secret especially when, when someone is a secretive person that they want to keep their backstory secret it just oftentimes it never goes out it never comes out so it was just like you know what I'm gonna take this opportunity to just lay it out there yeah. Now it's out there. He, because Fris is thinking he he knows he's screwed. Like there's nothing he can do. Like Hush knows where he is. He won't stop no matter what he does. So he's trying to goad him into making a mistake. Stupid. The best defense is a good offense. Right. Yeah. You're going now. You're going to go on the offensive. Yeah. Exactly. And there's also one difference. What? You no longer stand alone, Doctor. That's right. And that's yeah. what right. Dax is thinking, too. Yeah. When he's yeah. like, you may have overstepped your bounds. He's like, you're going to start messing with Captain K? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Friss? Yeah. May Shun is just going to explode your mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dead. PG, yeah. 2D10. PG walks over and puts her, <laughs> puts her tail on uh, Dr. Friss's uh, shoulder and says, um, all my enemies are dead, so I'm willing to, to get some new ones. I am on your side, Doctor. All right. And Friss looks up at her, and he says in Maraquai, he says, like, uh... She just nods. In Maraquai, he says, like, says, uh, he says, person of my people. And he, he like, nods. In Maraquai. And... PG... Smiles, but in a very sad way. I uh, I appreciate the gesture, but please don't do that again. No credit for learning your language in three days? (laughs) (laughs) She pats him a little bit. Pats him on his little cheek. We should go. You guys are escorted out of the studio. Um, We should probably get to the ship before too long. What's the plan now? You want to get the hell out of here? No, Dax needs to make a stop. It's so early. Yeah, it's so is, early. Yeah. Right. You we guys just went live and threatened a crime boss. We probably should make this. <laughs> <laughs> also, was this a scheduled thunderstorm? Because we are on a space station. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's part of the ambiance. So, it's like well, it's, the, they, where the station is. There's an artificial uh, climate. Weather artificial and yeah, climate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, just, they, they, the fans really like that because behind Glipwarp is a window that looks out. Oh so yeah. They like to have rain and such. yeah, yeah. A change of seasons. Yeah. 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 The yeah. weather today. They yeah. decorate the windows for Christmas. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> the weather today. They still get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. How, did, how did you get it wrong? <laughs> Damn it. You literally make the weather. I think PG is anxious to get back to the ship and just oversee the mechanics who are you know repairing it. 
So yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if we should split up. But I think she wants to go, get back there. Dax, you want to make a stop? Do you need an escort? Yeah. No. And Dax is just going to get his hair done. Okay. <laughs> got to get his hair dyed. He's got to get his hair dyed. He's going to get his hair dyed blue. After you went on I TV. Love and he's going to stop by the tattoo parlor and get a bunch of tats. Yes. Wow. All just wording. So it's easy. Quick and easy. But he's just like, lays down another cred stick and he's just like, make it fast. And just slaps down a paper that's loaded with all these words. And What, what kind he, of words? They're all song lyrics. Oh. <laughs> Song lyrics. What, what song lyrics? One just says butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of butt stuff. Uh, song lyrics you get all over your arms, chest, back. Oh, yeah, his arm. Just Buttocks. like, yeah, like wrapping, uh, wrapping around his arm. Song lyrics. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love the specific of this because this is the one thing I hate with the expanse because they're all like have really nice hairstyles all the time, but they never have time to get a haircut. You know. They never get a haircut. It always looks the same. Yeah. It's hair technology is advanced yeah, so I far guess, I guess, in 150 I guess, I guess. years. <laughs> he just, uh, he has, like, like I said, he just slaps his paper down and there's all kinds of like various ones on there. And one is what he has said uh, after Mac died. When he was just kind of talking to himself, and and it really sink, uh, really sunk in. Um, gone, she is gone, and you can't stop thinking about her. Um, and but yeah, I mean, it's just all different, various, various stuff that you know. I'll let you know when it's appropriate. Okay. Um, so you get chatted up, and then you make your you all want to make your way to the Sarissa. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. by now it's getting to be uh, the afternoon because uh, by the time the show uh, went live and you got escorted out and all that stuff and then you went and got your hair did and you guys took care of what else you needed to take care of, you make your way to the Sarissa. And you have to wonder, the last time you hopped on a ship, not everyone made it back. So I would think that thought passes through everyone's mind and maybe a similar thought passes through PG's mind. On your way to the dock, there's maybe a couple lingering fans still around asking for autographs, but you can already feel like your 15 minutes of fame is starting to fade as they've moved on wow. to the next craze. Two days. Wow. Maybe under your feet as you approach the Sarissa, you see a, a dirty poster crumbled under your feet with a picture of Mac that simply says, remember. <laughs> oh, wow. Who's that? <laughs> I forget. Could you remind me who that is? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> Remember. By the way, um, can I make an engineering check or some sort of sure. medical check just to see if they, the repair people, have um, like put in any sort of, I don't know, tracking devices and things like that? Yeah, as, as yeah much as absolutely. Have smart. they deactivated the, Great the hyperdrive? 25. 25. So you comb over this ship. Yeah. Inside and out. And you don't see any traces of this. Now, technology has obviously changed in the past century, but you feel like you would get a handle of where those type of devices would go. You look around, and it seems clean. Right. So you board the Sarissa. Now, let's go over all that's happened and why you're even going to Cachevelle. There's been a lot of information passed back and forth over the past few episodes. Actually, go all the way going back to when you discovered that strange door on the drift rock so on the drift rock you find this door that we keep saying had no earthly reason for being there you go into the door and now this rock has transformed into some sort of 
is it a space station? Is it a ship? Is it some something that used to be something else? Parts of the walls are still rock, while other parts are this weird ceramic plating. And most interestingly, there are these strange symbols and runes on the walls that none of you can decipher. You know that this used to be part of something else. That's really all you can figure it out. What it controlled, you don't know. Maybe it's not even a control station. You bring this information back to Chizkisk. Chizkisk runs it through his Starfinder database, Starfinder Society database, and finds that, that these, these runes, these symbols, this language had appeared once before, hundreds of years ago, in the writings of a Zap Brannigan-type adventurer <laughs> named Halquim Zahn, who wrote the, these tawdry travelogues like Pyramid People of Ukalam. He went into an unrestricted area on Castroveld. Restricted jungles. area. Excuse me, yes, he went. He went to, <laughs> that would be interesting. He was totally within his rights. <laughs> and they all live happily ever after. <laughs> he went into a restricted area. <laughs> an unrestricted area. <laughs> Incredibly it was a ethical. children's playground. It couldn't have been more restricted. Uh, he went in there, and it was one of those areas that everyone else on Castroveld Chevelle had just said, this is, we're, de- we're decentralizing this. No one is going to own this. But also, no one's going to go there either. And so this guy <laughs> broke all the rules, went there, and then came back and wrote this crazy novel that was more about pumping his own self up than actually giving information. But at the same time, if this language is appearing in his works, there might be something to in. it. Yeah, yeah you, got, so you, you need to find out if you can get a hold of copies of his writings. This was hundreds of years ago. Is it still around? This, is, the, this was pre-Gap, right? Was this pre-Gap or this is... I think no, it's post-Gap. It's post-Gap. It's post-Gap. Okay. It's post-gap. Um, yeah, it's every... It was 50 years Every before. story, every lie, every exaggeration has like some bit of truth to it. It was yeah. a hundred, something there. It was 150 years ago, 50 years before PG. Yeah. And so okay. Chizkis recommends that you go to the Kabarat University of Xenoarchaeology and Xenoanthropology because if anyone is going to have any of this information, it's going to be there. In fact, he's pretty sure Zahn's writings were eventually, after they were taken away from him when he was arrested, uh, they made their way there because this is the place where that information would go. So you need to go there. And if, 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 even if you can't find those writings, you might be able to talk to some scholars there that can interpret these symbols. So you have all this information on your data pads, on your personal computers. You want to find out anything you can about Halquim Zahn and his notes. And in lieu of that, or in addition to that, see if anybody there might be a specialist that would know something more about these symbols and how it all connects to this strange rock. So you get on the Sarissa. And for the first time in this adventure, you enter the drift. Oh, wow. Dax is excited. This is the first time he's ever navigated into the drift. How he loves the drift. Get ready for the drift. And you can see up on the screen, Captain K, that it will take approximately four days to get to Castravel. That's a four on a D4, I'm, I'm guessing? Uh, no, it's a, a four, four on a D6, D6. Oh. with your particular engine, Captain. What are you guys doing for these four days? Uh, I think at some point, um, Friss goes to Maceon. Is that, hey, Blue Bottle, how's that uh, little scar healing up? It seems to have left a scar, but it doesn't hurt as much anymore. 
if you like, let me take a look. I'd like to uh, make sure I did a good job. And Mayshun like takes a knee. I don't know if we have a do we have a medical facility? We here? don't. I really want one, but we don't. So in this kind of makeshift way, like uh, it's like a, maybe one I'm of like the a save f- rooms, like one of the. Uh, or I don't know. Right, and Mayshun's like sitting on like a footstool, basically, and yeah. like Pris is on top of a bed, maybe like looking yeah. at it, looking at her her antennae on top of her head. And he's got a little flashlight, and he's, like, just examining the scar. And it's like, scanning it. He's just like, yeah, no, that's healing up pretty well. Looks like uh, we're in the same boat now, eh, Chuba? Yes, though. I'm having some difficulty piecing it all together. There's not much I remember. After, before I woke up in your lab... I do remember my father coming home, though. Bringing presents from Melindre. You know this, you're a genius. It's the moon of Castroville. Hmm. But I can't figure out for the life of me now why my father never came for me. Why he left me there with... the other doctor. I have to say, your bedside manner is... giving me new hope for the medical profession. (laughs) (laughs) You're certainly much kinder than Dr. Nakata. Well, I will say, based on the evidence of what they did to you, these people are not good people that did this to you. So maybe your father, maybe he wanted to come back and they wouldn't let him. Perhaps you're right. But after day, after our adventure on Roger Glipglorp's TV show, I learned that we have something in common. Someone wanted to own both of us. Hmm. And Dr. Friss lets her hair fall, just gets a little pat on the shoulder, jumps down from the bed, and walks out. Say, you fine. You get into the hallway, and uh, a voice comes up. Uh, Dr. Friss, a word, if I may. Yeah, what is it? Please direct your attention to the screen at the end of the hall. And so there's like little screens all over the thing. You walk to the yeah, end. And go over to the screen. hall and like put put my goggles down and like look at it. As I was sitting in the dock, I was taking a survey of the area, and I noticed uh, two figures that seemed to be trained on me. I guess you could say. I took their picture, and I'm pretty sure after going through all of the calculations of the coordinates that they were looking at you boarding the ship. I didn't say anything at the time because I only now finished the math. Um, Do these characters look significant to you? And a picture comes up on the screen and you see two identical vests (laughs) with like little tiny uh, binoculars just watching you board and taking pictures. And <laughs> like old school, like yeah. 1980s, yeah, like cameras. little spy cameras. <laughs> That's great. Friss's, Friss's heart stops when he sees that. Roll a four, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's like, he's like shaking and he says, like, Yeah, I know him. Good. I just thought you'd like to know. Thank you, Howie. And he just kind of shaken just kind of like continues 
down the corridor. <laughs> just uh, need some coffee. <laughs> PG, what are you up to on the ship? Uh, PG is spending her days reading up on the past 100 years uh, <laughs> of like, and so I think she's at some point being like, Kreska, how come you joined the Pact Worlds, your people? I, uh, I can't believe that. That speaks of weakness in my ears. <laughs> I disagree. We were faced with a great threat. It was the logical tactical maneuver right. to ally ourselves. Yes, well, I agree to disagree. I do not fear death. <laughs> That's why I joined this crew. <laughs> I feel like I'm being insulted. No, don't worry. This, uh, I'm joking. <laughs> and she. PG. What's up? Is this. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Cap? What's up, Cap? What's up, Cap? Cap, Cap, I hope I can assure you that what we lack in tactical skill, we make up for in gumption and guile. Mm. Yes, I believe so. Sorry, can you say that again? I couldn't hear you <laughs> properly. I was just trying to assure you that maybe we'll fuck up from time to time, but our, our motives are pure. Yes, yes, no, well... No, I, I I believe you. I like this crew. You're a fun bunch. And she looks at a very scared face and like, yes, no, very fun. fun he just crew. walks past yeah. without looking at anybody and just like silently goes into his stateroom and closes the door. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I can also see that PG, uh, I don't know, I have this weird idea that she's creating like a retirement plan for herself because in her <laughs> world, she has like no enemies left and like everything is cool for her. She just needs to make some money so she can retire at Marada. <laughs> right, you know, and have a, like a Pinterest board with Maracoys with flannel and walking around hiking. That's funny. That's great. Can I ask you, PG? Yes. How did you come to be locked in the box? Hmm. Well, I guess um, I was uh, I was a prisoner of sorts, and uh, I was given. They were giving me back to the Pact Worlds, and that's why uh, I uh, have a little bit of an issue with those bureaucrats. They were going to give me up, even though they knew full well what would happen to me if uh, my enemies would get me. Your own people imprisoned you? No, 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 no. No, my own people, they... Um, to be fair, I do not really have a people anymore. I know the feeling... And Kreska doesn't, doesn't press. She doesn't pry. Right. But She's think, very respectful, Captain. Yeah, very yeah. respectful. Um, <laughs> Kreska's going to also spend some time trying to get to know the ship a little bit. Right. Uh, just, just walking around by herself. Walking around, yeah. like, thumbing through the, the system. The system. Uh, when she has a private moment, she says, Howie, can you do a scan of all media releases in the past 24 hours? Uh, yes, Captain. One moment. Are you looking for anything in particular? Yes. This name. And she types a name into the types a name to an input. Yeah, it's her it's her it's her family name, the same name she offered she she gave to Frisk when she mm -hmm. thought she was dying. I see no traces of that name in any news reports in the last twenty four hours. Thank you. Thank you, Howie. Do do me a favor and check on a regular basis. But don't Keep it between us. Understood, Captain. Also, 
I understand they might have updated your desktop setting, as it were. I do not understand what you mean, Captain. I was told you have there are updated Howies, personalities, voices. I don't know about that, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have one that's labeled just, I don't understand what this means, but it just says, Southie. <laughs> I will run the data through my system, Captain. <laughs> See if I feel like doing that. <laughs> Howie, go sleep now. <laughs> the whole ship goes dark. The ship just starts crawling out of the drift. I'm afraid, Dave. <laughs> Was it something I said? <laughs> and Dax, you're in the ship, and what do you think going through the drift looks like? Is it just like streams of light, or is it so fast that it's just pure energy that never moves? Uh, I see it as, yeah, I see it as kind of neither, like, I, I see it as just the darkness, you know, just blackness, and like, you feel like you're not moving, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if there was something in the drift, something physical that you passed, you would all of a sudden, it would read on radars and stuff like that, but outside of that, I, I don't, I, I would imagine that you can't even see stars. I don't know how it how it works exactly because you're opening up another plane you're in another plane right you're not so cool. moving quickly through the material plane right um so i just imagine it as like infinite darkness that is occasionally populated with not only things that are ripped out but like uh you know i mean what opened it triune right the 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 yeah the, the triune god yeah the triune god who's like the pure deatific elevation of technology so it's basically you know, who knows if there's little nav points in there that are, you know, tech, technology and stuff like that, as what, opposed to just natural. And what is it every time, the, the, like a drift drive is activated, like every time a, a, a craft enters the the, the, the drift, the, a piece of reality is like ripped away. A piece of the material plane is pulled in. Pulled so into the, it. Yeah, depending on how or, far and how long or, you go. Or a plane. Not, it's, it's, that can be like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be different planes. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it can be different planes, but yeah. it's pulled into the drift, and it is relative to, I believe, the uh, length of time that you are in the drift. You know, the like the amount yeah. of power you need to use. So, if it's a quick trip in the drift, you know, you might pull off some grains of sand or something. Right. If it's uh, a longer trip, you could pull off a drift rock. You right. know, rip it off of something uh, that it was once attached to, and then it just appears in the drift. Right. And is lost forever in this so- other plane. So is Dax nerding out about this? Because I think PG would be into that. Uh, no, not at the moment. I think Dax is... I, I don't know if in the drift you would be able to have, like, uh, internet, for lack of a better term? Like, be able to access the web interface of the Pact Worlds, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Captain K just did. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um... It's kind of... It's canon. <laughs> so in well, that but case, that could be she could it could be archived like before you entered the drift. That's yeah, true. That's true. Right, cookies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Dax is looking through. He's examining the website equivalent of Astral Extractions. Ah. Like their front-facing uh, web presence, right? Mm-hmm. And. He's looking beautiful for, website. He's looking for the woman. So he's searching through everything that they have to see if maybe like that, uh, like that branding video that we saw when they brought us inside is something that they also publish outside. Right. Um, 
because ever, ever since seeing her at, at the TV station, it's just got this nagging feeling like he doesn't know if she was real or if she if they're using her to manipulate him or what. But he wants to he's obsessed with finding her now at the moment. And so he's just looking to see if he can find that uh, online. Right. So you're going through you're looking for this Lashunta. Yeah, this Lashunta. Like, if he could find some data or video or something with, like, a blanked-out face of a Lashunta. You're looking, and, I mean, it's a massive, massive website. They have their arms in everything in the packed world. It's not just on Absalom Station. Yeah. But you see that they have ties to EOX, to uh, Octurn, to... uh, Brethida, Liavara, everywhere. And yeah. so, I mean, there's plenty of Lashuntas. So you, you go through, and even beyond a cursory glance, you don't see anything. Just every page. A bolder future, a brighter tomorrow. <laughs> He'll go into, like, the communicator uh, in the ship, you know. Dr. Friss, are you busy? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, 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 no, uh, sorry. Uh, you, uh, Chris, what were you doing? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not, nothing, nothing. It's like, one of the, it's like one of those instant FaceTimes, and it's like... Yeah, it's like oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear God, why do you do that? I told you never to call me on the screen. <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, what do you want, Juba? Could you come to the bridge, please? There is no rush. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just let me close something up. And he just <laughs> goes dark. And after a few minutes, he, he comes out. And, uh, in a robe. Yeah, no, he's like, he's just still like uh, like a disheveled mess. And like his goggles are up on his forehead. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, what, what, uh, what you looking for? What the branding video that they showed us when they took us into Astral Extractions and told us about building better worlds. You recall this video. And Dax could even, like, he has almost like a perfect memory to the point where he could at least say the the title of it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. whatever uh, wording that they used to highlight the video or the brand message or whatever, building better worlds. Yeah, no, um, it's uh, some stupid, like, corporate. Yeah, no, I, I remember that, yeah. I believe it may be internal only. I cannot find it on any of their external facing material. Is there any way that you could find something in their system that is unsecured but not public facing yeah no I think if I get a connection yeah that shouldn't be too difficult of a hack I can do that I can so he that describes the video to Friss mm-hmm. and he says you know what he's looking for now you know relation to woman to Friss isn't going to mean much but he's talking about some of the other scenes the color shirt she was wearing whatever it is mm-hmm. yeah. and try to get him to, to hack in and, and find that video yeah I can find that no problem no problem, Juba. Roll a computer's check. All right. Uh, that is a 23. 23. Do you want to spend a good amount of time doing this? To yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I imagine... I want to take my mind off of what I've just seen. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Frisk gets really into this, and he's looking and, like, getting beyond, like, the most basic firewall in their system. It's, it's near impossible. Mm. However, the more you study, you start finding other websites talking about astral extractions and eventually you come to some sort of like black internet youtube type page darknet the darknet where they're showing that commercial and you dig deeper and deeper and you start seeing more and more versions of this commercial and they're all labeled like 
Boulder Future 1, Boulder Future 2, like through the thousands. And you remember, Dax, towards the end of the video, you saw several attractive human families gather around Absalom Station looking wide-eyed at the new life they're about to start. Right, right. And it was during that part that you just saw this Lashunta woman, like, turn towards the camera from one of those families, and her face was all blanked out. Well, first, as you're looking at these videos, you see a number of versions of that. You don't see a Lashunta woman turning back and looking, but you always see something different different looking at the camera with the face blanked out. Sometimes it's a man, sometimes it's a being from another world. It's blanked out for me too when I Blanked out for you every time you look at it. You just find all these other copies of the video out there. And people writing in the comments, conspiracy, conspiracy, they're up to something. But there's thousands of them. Hmm. And so that day that we were there, they saw the Lashinta's face, though, but now they can't see it? I don't think they did. Oh, I thought I remembered that everybody saw it but me, but I could be remembering I think it it's the other way around. You were the only one that saw the... They didn't even see a Lashinta at all. No, no, no. Got it. Okay. So creepy. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, thank you for trying, Friss. Oh, yeah. I come to you with the news. <laughs> I got to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, this is very strange. Like, there's a lot of chatter about it. There's some something really weird like going on with these people. Do you know? Do you know anything about this? Why do you ask me about this? I ask you because when my ship was boarded by pirates, there was a loss of time and memory. I found myself on another ship. Suddenly violently falling to the earth. As I tried to write it, I got the feeling, the feeling, that I was with people I knew, but could not name any of them. Hmm. One was a Lashunta woman who sat to my left. You must understand, Dr. Friss, that I normally have a perfect memory. It is easy for me to recall details over any span of time. Her face, though, I cannot recall. It is as if it is corrupted. Hmm. When I woke up, they told me I was never on that ship, that I had simply laid down and allowed the pirates to take the merchandise I was transporting. Something happened then, and I began to realize something that I hadn't realized before. The androids that they were using to fly their ships were not doing anything but flying their ships. Whereas many of the Vesks and dwarves that worked the rocks had separate lives outside of their work, the androids did not. They did not work 24 hours a day, but yet when they left, they simply went home and slept, which is all I did. But after that boarding, something changed. I began to realize I wanted more, and I couldn't describe it. They said I owed the money for the equipment that was stolen. And after I paid off the debt, they still would not release me. 
That is when I had to take matters into my own hands and free myself of them forever. But it seems I have overreached. They are much larger than I even knew then. They have found me again. And like you, I fear they are watching where I go and may bring danger to all of us. So I ask you, please, to keep an eye out, not only on who may be following me as well as following you, but keep an eye on me. I worry if this Lushunta woman is somehow implanted or an illusion. They are manipulating me, and they could possibly make me do something I do not wish to do. Do not let me go that way. I need to maintain my own free will. Sounds like we have more in common than our fourteen soldier. Yeah, I'll keep an eye. And with the proper equipment and some time, I'd love to crack open your skull. See what's in there. I would like to know as well. I've never been told. Remind me if I forget. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good talk, Chuba. And he, he goes back down the hall. And you continue traveling through the drift. You're probably about a day away now. Um, and I imagine it's late at night although night and day have all kind of meshed together and everyone's in their respective rooms, except Dax, maybe you're still in the cockpit because mm-hmm. somebody's got to be there just in case. Other people have piloting skill. They can spell, spell you from time to time. Yeah, but I mean, you, I th- would think you, somebody always has to be watching all the readouts on how he could be doing it, but like for anything in that something in the drift can appear at any time, yeah. at any distance away. Someone, someone always has to be in the cockpit. Somebody yeah. has to stand to watch. Yeah. yeah. Shen would probably switch routes with him. Uh, I don't yeah. know if she, she overheard, but she definitely uh, wouldn't want you to have no other life than piloting. Right. For sure. So yeah. Shen's got a plus 10 piloting, maybe not as good as Dax, but she's she's okay to look after the controls. Yeah. PG has a plus 7, so. Yeah, I think that's just as good as Dax, obviously. <laughs> it's been a long <sighs> shift, and no one's spelled you yet. And so you're just sitting there with the blackness of space coming at you through the window facing out of the cockpit. And maybe you're like, not nodding off, but kind of taking longer blinks Mm -hmm. as you know the end of your shift is coming. And all of a sudden you feel the presence of someone else in the room with you. Sitting in the seat next to you. And you just hear a voice. Hello, Dax. And we'll see you next week. Oh, Oh, man. man. I just got chills. I got chills. (laughs) They're multiplying. (laughs) Virtual
Androids and Aliens is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Dead Sons is copyright 2017. Dead Sons and the Starfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.